0: Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. The monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Happy New Year from all the team at GPS Training. A welcome to the New Year's Day Podcast. At the time of the year where many of us are making New Year resolution, making plans for the coming year, I thought, what better time to interview a wonderful individual called Alan Knight. He's now officially the oldest man to walk from John O'Groats to Land's End on foot. I hope you agree, a guy who set himself a target, went out and achieved it with a number of struggles on the way. I very much hope you enjoy the interview. It's certainly a great listen for New Year's Day. So welcome, Alan, to the GPS Training
1: Podcast welcome john yeah thanks
0: very much yeah. so so the first question really we have to hit is the oldest man how old are you i'm just looking at you now on zoom i know our our, our, our listeners can't look at you uh but you look i don't know 60 i'm going to say
1: oh thank you <laughs> much. well um no i'm 76 and um six months you could say so, so i was born on the 11th of june 1945
0: by your age very well you have so what did you yeah, do yeah. what what did you do in your living then so you must be retired now of course are you alan
1: oh yeah i retired when i was 60 and i I, uh, I had one well one main job for 35 years and that was in the building as a building sort of foreman supervisor
0: brilliant very good retired at 60 you've enjoyed it ever since have you then
1: yeah, yeah. I wish I, I wish I could have packed up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the, you know, having the freedom to go walking and do what you want. It's not expensive, is it, to, not... to walk and and enjoy that side of life. Very good. Desire.
0: So yeah. the big question is, walking from John O'Groats to End. how long did you do it in? Just under two months. So... What, yeah, just in, just in the two... Um, weeks.
1: I think it was a total of, of walking days was 51 days.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. That's unbelievable. And what what, what route did you take from uh, John O'Groats to Land's oh, End? Oh,
1: well, quicker, it was mainly um, the road route. It, we, we had a basic route which took us... I, I can sort of go through it roughly with you. It was from... Um, to, to sort of... Inverness, Perth, Carlisle, Kendall, Preston, Warrington, sort of, uh, Heriford, Chepstow, Bristol, Taunton, sort of Bodmin and Penzance. It was like a trek route, um, down on the roads. And that's
0: mainly on A roads where you want all B roads or?
1: Well, just, um, the A99 when you start from Johnny Groves, you haven't got much option. Because to walk the coastal route to Wick is uh it's not really established yet and I didn't want to be getting over barbed wire fences and uh that type of thing. So that it was a sort of is a bit hairy. You yeah. know, walking down against the traffic and that. And when you were walking on the roads, were you just walking around? Do you have a flash and jacket on or something? So or, oh, or was yeah, there a vehicle I, behind
0: I, you or something like that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. I had uh, I, I got an eye I- his uh, vest to start with and I had already um, organized um, like little um, bike lights you know like they are clipped on the back of the bikes and I had one on my wrist and then also one on my pocket which I could just press a little button if I felt necessary, what would flash up and the same on my wrist which I used to have and also on Z-bends or anything like that I used to have an handkerchief Right. I, I used to go, <laughs> I used to walk around the way with my handkerchief, you know, but um, I think it's a thing you mustn't think about too much, you know, when yeah. you walk- down the
0: road yeah oh well you have to be the oldest man to walk from end to end waving a handkerchief then don't you
1: (laughs) (laughs) not all the time no Uh... just
0: just occasionally that's one of the things i learned on the way down actually and how far were you walking each day what were you aiming to walk each day then
1: well my aim was to walk 100 miles a week um which is like six days a week with a day's rest which is like works out 102 miles but if i could go from 95 to 105, that was the plan to sort of walk um, an average of about 17 miles a day. I found walking 20 to start with was alright, but I found I was quite, um, it was a little bit more than I wanted to do really, so I sort of curved it for the long term, so I sort of tried to do anything between 15 and 20 according to how I felt. Because you know, fitness, Andy, fitness is
0: very much how quickly you recover, isn't it? So often we can walk twenty miles, but it's whether you can get up the next day and do it. Yeah, another twenty miles. It's it's actually it. yeah, it's, it's fitness is if you can recover. It. So as you bring that mileage down, it gives you a little bit more recovery time, and then you feel at a hundred percent the next day rather than sixty percent. It's a downward spiral, isn't it? Yeah, that's
1: right. And I found that um, I learned quite a lot with um, layering. Yeah. Which I found was quite
0: important. Before we actually go into what, we can I have a bit of an overview of the walk. Let's go all the way back to the start. So, why did you decide to walk from, from John O'Groats to Land's End? What, what inspired you? Is there, is there a story behind this? You sort you of just wake up one morning and go, I'm going to do this or oh, do No, no,
1: no. I think I, I was uh, a casual walker uh, along the sea. I lived near the River Blackwater, which is a large estuary. And um, I used to get the wife, drop me off and I used to walk home and things like that. And uh, I met a, a walker, um, come. I was walk, ambling along and this walker come up behind me with all his backpack and everything. And he was come by me and I, and I sort of said, oh, you know, where are you off to? You know, just and he said, I'm walking coastal route around Great Britain. Britain. I said, my goodness you surely you are, you know, but it it started off at Yorkshire and it was quite astounding to me that this person's got all this stuff on. And I asked him a few questions, you know, what he found most difficult, he said, was the water, you know, getting water out to knock on people's doors and that. And I don't know, that stayed in the back of my mind for years really. And I thought, what a what a what a challenge, you know. And um so I think that was on me got on my bucket list somehow.
0: So how how long ago was that you met this guy walking around the coast of Britain? that must have
1: been seven or eight years ago. Right, okay. Yeah, it was quite a while ago. I never never knew whether he'd done it. He was off to clutch of a ferry. So he obviously wasn't um he was going to use like ferries as well. Yeah, and, it wasn't going to uh,
0: walk around the estuaries. Yeah, people, yeah, You may or may not have heard on our podcast, we've actually interviewed a couple of times a guy called Chris who's walking around the coast of Britain at the moment. Chris the Coast Walker's walking around the coast of Britain and uh, we've had him twice on the podcast so far. He's still going at it. He's, he's yeah. in Scotland. He's starting East Anglia. He's, commun- he's just uh, the south of Scotland as we speak. So he's a... Uh, Absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. he's, he's an unbelievable character. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you yes. got to be, I mean... Yeah, that's a, that's a hell yeah. of. So then, if you met this guy who was walking around the coast of Britain, Lands End, well, trying to go to Lands End, what did I don't know? Did you just start thinking what could I do and and what could I do on my as you were saying on your bucket list? And did you start researching? Well, actually, the oldest person to do this, or how did the whole?
1: No, oh, no, that that wasn't really on my mind when I started. I had um, I had all sorts of things like camping and all this sort of thing on my mind to start with, and then I. I gradually realised uh, that I, I, although I'd like to do it that way, it's not really for me at my age. Getting overburdened by a pe- or wading cross ditches with big packs on my back, you know, I don't think I would have been capable of it. To be mm-hmm. honest, or it, it, I'd have to do little bits at a time or something like that. But um, I think um, that in your mind you always feel like you can do that but as you get older you you, uh, you have to realize your limitations <laughs> you know
0: so and how far started, before the actual how far before the actual walk day did you you start training so you i know it's been a, a very strange last couple of years to say the least did you kind of say right i'm going to do it on this date and therefore my training starts a year before a, a month before or how, how did that work no i i just
1: i i didn't even know about the world record when i started i just went out and bought me in 1920, just went out in uh, uh, 2020, I mean. I just went out and um, bought myself a rowing machine Uh, and uh, I started rowing on it and trying to get me... I was a little bit overweight, you know, a couple of stone, I would say. And um, I started rowing and dieting and trying to eat um, a balanced diet. And then I... um, started walking quite a bit more because I knew I had to um, walk at least 100, try to walk 100 miles a week before I even started the challenge because I didn't want to go up there and I knew, you know, it's not a thing you can just get up and do. And uh, so I I started doing that and I'd done a 100 miles walk in um, six days and I thought, well, I know I was tired and didn't really want to do much. I thought, oh, can I do this week after week? I wasn't sure. So, I just, um, I just done that and then I thought, my wife took a lot of convincing to support me. (laughs) So, uh, I just decided to go on April the 1st and then try and finish it on my 76th birthday, which was on June 11th. But as I said to you earlier, that didn't materialise. I lost the will to do it with all the COVID jabs for a while, and I thought, "Oh, this is never going to happen." And then on, uh, I said to Christina, "She said she she would come with me and help to support me." and um, sure,
0: oh, it's I'll Just question there a little bit. It's fascinating when you say. Is it something you could do? I think it's something we we all struggle with in life at the moment. It's actually very few of very few people do what do don't know if that makes sense we all sit in our little routines and get on with our lives and actually it's just step outside that you know that bubble and kind of say i'm going to do this but i don't know if i can do it very few people actually do that and there's something quite frightening and exciting i still hope at the age of 76 it still gets your adrenaline running or, or to kind of say
1: oh yeah i mean that- you've got Oh, you no, know, it's, it's
0: it is a, it's a it's a strange phenomenon, isn't it? It's actually, I don't know if I can do this, but actually, I'm going to try. And and uh, because we're all used to, if we if we run a marathon, we've always run a marathon, or if we've kind of walked 26 miles, we've walked 26 miles. But actually, set on a journey where you've not walked the distance you're going to do, or you've done a week of, of, of long walks, but you've not done the second week, third week, fourth week, right up to your eight weeks as such, it's it's something quite I don't know exhilarating, frightening, nervous. Um, that very few people actually have that mindset to do, did not it?
1: Well, I think um, you've got to push yourself. Everybody has to push yourself a little bit out of their comfort zone to get anything out of life in a funny sort of way. And if you sit and think about these things and, you know, sometimes I just thought, well, go for it. I didn't know whether I was going to last a week or two weeks. I had no expectations. That's why I didn't get sponsors or I didn't tell any, hardly anybody So. all and uh, hardly anybody knew, my neighbours never knew, nobody ever, it all come as a big shock to them all. But um, I just thought I'll I'll do it. I had no real expectations. Uh, Obviously, I was quite determined to do it, you know, if I could uh, physically. And uh, so I thought, well, at least if I try, even if I don't succeed, at least I think, well, I'll give it a shot. And that was it, really. You know, so that th- was...
0: It's brilliant. It's, it's, I think it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? And you've mentioned Christina, your wife, who supported you during the event. So logistics of it, how did it work? Did you did you stay in accommodation most nights, did you? Or have you got a motorhome? Or how did you... Oh no, you... no,
1: no, we stayed in accommodation. I did get a little... Um, I bought a little caravan, uh 1970s caravan called a cadet number two a little thing and I'd done it up and uh, had a little water pump and stuff but my wife uh she's 72 and um at most women of that age they don't really want to drive on strange roads yes and certainly not tow caravans so uh that part of it she wasn't prepared to do to, to you know like we could have got a like a mobile home or my son-in-law offered to uh lend us his little Volkswagen thing but Christina wasn't prepared to drive any of that and she wasn't prepared to rough it
0: to be honest so did she just book did you you didn't book all your accommodations because you didn't know how far you walk Were you just like booking every night or like were you working a week ahead of yourselves how how was Christina doing this because I suspect you didn't do it because you were walking oh no
1: we used to plan it together right because what we used to do is I used to get on the we used to say, well, if I walk 17 miles today, where will I be tomorrow, you know, th- that night? And then if I, so we used to, because of uh, bed and breakfasts, they'd chuck you out at 10 and they might not let you in till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Christina didn't want to be hanging around for sort of six seven hours while I was walking with nowhere to go. So, we used to try and, um, book uh, premierings or anywhere we could get um, for two or three days if possible. So she could go back to the place. And uh, so we just tried to work because I only had a basic route. Every night I used to go on the computer with the OS maps and then I used to plot my route for the next day or the next two days, load it down to my phone. And then I used to have my route with basic route and if I see somewhere I could as I was walking a public footpath or something else I could sort of get off the road or do something I would I would do it there and then instantly, you know, I just sort of so well that looks a and, and cut across, try and keep off the roads as much as possible, really. I never really yeah. thought, so
0: you've actually done bases, bases for two or three nights and then your wife would ferry you at the start, you would walk that distance, she would pick you up after 17, 18 miles, take you back to the accommodation, you would give yourself or you give yourself a base then rather than moving every night.
1: Yeah, that was more for Christina because we found, you know, loading the car up uh, in the morning because she, she didn't want to drive was. 17 or miles away from the accommodation, she didn't want to drive back to the accommodation to pick up all the stuff and then drive off somewhere. So sometimes, because a lot of these accommodations, they wouldn't get you breakfast early, you know, they want to give you breakfast at eight o'clock. And for me to have my breakfast and then drive somewhere 17 miles to drop me off at exactly the same point as before, you know, um, you wouldn't get there till nine, quarter past nine. And with nights getting darker, I mean, I much preferred to start when the nights were getting lighter, but I knew that, you know, it, 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 when we came near the end of it, you know, I, it wasn't getting light till eight o'clock last mm-hmm. day, and I, you, you not know, want to be walking in the dark. So, what time in the morning
0: were you trying to get up walking by then, most mornings? As early as
1: possible, right. you know. And uh, I, I actually found that most people were very, very helpful. Uh, I met a lot of really nice people and helpful people on the way. And, uh, which is another story I could tell you about, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, we got, it was challenging sleeping in different beds every night and all that sort of stuff. But, um, and having to get yourself up half past five every morning and sort of I used to stand in a, a bath or put my feet in Ice cold water, and then I used to put KP tape around it and all, you know, sort my feet out and and stuff like that. And it all takes time. And, you know, and time you go out and have a breakfast and you get to where you're going, you know, you want it to be on your way as early as possible so you could finish early as possible so you could get more rest before you had to get up again. You see what I mean? That's
0: yeah. good. So that kind of nicely brings us on to our high points and low points for the walk. So let's start with the positive. What was the high point of the walk? More
1: than likely finishing or was there other... Oh, no, not at all. I used to set me... I, I didn't ever used to look too far ahead. So one of my high points was walking across the fourth bridge. You know, so I I thought, well, what? A bit, what? that's the thing I want to do is walk across the fourth bridge. And when I, I actually got to the fourth bridge and I sort of, was walking across it i thought oh that's this is great you know it's it's nice to do this so i used to set myself little like the seventh bridge the same with the seventh bridge i mean that was a real high to have to walk across the seventh bridge but um and different things like that you know so so those
0: those are the kind of things you looked for so like it, it kept you going by saying i'm looking i should hit that in three or four days time or something like that Kind of get you motivated yeah I, I
1: didn't really i suppose I enjoyed the walk. I wouldn't obviously say it was a hardship for me most of the time, because although it was risky, I actually enjoy walking. Yeah. So, when I got there, the trouble is sometimes I found it was hard to stop myself not walking the day off, because, yeah. you you know, I, but I realised if I wanted to complete it, I had to try and be more um, you know, more passion, you know, and and walk less miles than what I, because I didn't want, I knew once somebody said to me, a woman who was a good athlete and done a lot of stuff. She said, there's two things you have to worry about if you do something like that. And I said, well, she said, it's your feet and your head. Mm -hmm. She said, your body can take care of itself. So, you know, so I that really sunk in with me. So, so I, um, I never used to look too far ahead and I had some times when you know oh, and even completing it, it was a bit of even coming home after was just a bit of an anti climax yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, you sort of have to I feel like getting my gear on and going walk Wainwright's way, way now, you know, from some feasters <laughs> and you know what I mean be... it's
0: addictive isn't it when you start doing this you kind of think oh what can I do next isn't it you kind of... I just wish I'd have started at your
1: age <laughs> you know I wish I I wish I had uh, um, because I do it is something I enjoy doing I don't think you could do it any of us walkers it's got to be something in you What because it can be quite hard and challenging at time can't it it is yeah and, the, and
0: lifting us, it's it's uh and that really moves on to the next thing which is the low point there must be some points in the walk where you thought this is not going good i don't know i don't, I don't know no. there must be points well, there? there
1: was. Some... yeah yeah I had one of my feet troubled me one of the soles of me foot um troubled me a great deal and um and I found that, um, I said to Christina one day when I was going out, if I only walk for an hour today, if I knew you that'd be it. I said, because I don't know whether I can carry on. But I, it many, you get, go through a little pain barrier. You know, I can stand the blisters and the black toenail and things, but when it comes, this, this was something different. And uh, I found out that um, if I, you can walk through the pain, can't you? Yeah, well, you have to, don't you, if you want to
0: do these things. You know, well. I, I I love the reference to the black toenails. Somebody stands in the bathroom every morning looks at my black toenails from when I do my <laughs> long walk. I kind of sit there going, that's the commitment there, you know. I didn't even feel it at the time. So when you I look at every day, I went, well, that's it. So yeah, I know exactly where you're coming yeah. from, the black toenail. Well, I
1: walked about half the distance and suddenly one of my little toes ended up with a black toenail. And I said to Crispin, how did that happen? I've just walked. Two hundred miles without a black toe now. <laughs> same shoes, the same socks, and now I've got a, today I've got a black toe How does that happen? But I uh, you know that's. So what were the
0: problems with the soles of your feet? What was happening then? Was it just was it just blisters or was it friction or what what was the problem? You oh no, there? I didn't have
1: much because I'd done a quite a little bit of walking before I'd gone through the blister stage. So my feet were quite. Uh, I did get a couple of blisters on the walk, but generally. I didn't really get too many where I suffered that quite deal quite a lot when I was training and I learned quite a bit through. I tried all different sorts of socks and I bought two or three different sizes of shoes, but generally were too small. But no, they were big, and big enough. But I found that something seems to happen to your feet after you walk about 15 miles. They seem to flatten out and swell, you know. And I, I used to tighten my laces up quite a lot when I first started thinking, oh, we be stop the friction, but I learned that you don't do that because <laughs> when your feet swell up, you, you know, so little things like that, I learned and um, so it wasn't a case of that. It was more of this pain I had on the sole of my foot. I think a lot of it stemmed from walking on the roads rather than um, walking in the country, you know, on grass verges. So. Mm. And
0: did you so you say you about try different socks? We did you put blister plasters on then or not? Or did you did you what we say every morning you stood in the bath uh, to get your feet? Well,
1: I found the biggest trouble with my feet was overheating, because what I'd done I and mean, I'd bought these mountain socks, not being, you know, I've not had the experience. Perhaps you might have or other walkers. And I putting on these woolly socks and I found me. After my feet were swelling, swelling right up and overheating. And I found that was the main problem. So Christina said to me one day, Why don't you do what the rugby players do, stand in a bowl of cold water, you know? And I found to keep doing that morning and night. I even used to run the half. If I, I used to, always asked for somewhere if they got a bath. And I used to kneel in the cold water every night and try and cool my feet down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found. It, it, them sort of things, keeping your feet right and your body right, it is, it was a challenge, really. So it's uh, amazing,
0: because you, you you, only when you started and you start working through those problems, don't you? Because actually it's something you can't um, practice beforehand, because otherwise you'd go out for three weeks and walk every day. But again, over the time, you kind of learn what you need to do to, to get yourself sort of, well, to keep yourself going, really, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, if I was to do it tomorrow again, I, I would, I've learned so much, uh, little things, they may only be particular to me, but I mean, I've learned things what I have to do for mice, to get, you know, I've learned so much, it would be so much easier in a way, in some ways, because I wouldn't have had the feet problems I did, I don't think, quite so much. And, uh, you know, there was times I was, my heart rate was, I looked, used to look at my watch and my heart rate was like 158, where I was, <laughs> you know, with the heat in my body, <laughs> you know, I, I hadn't learned to look at the weather for that day or if it's going to be a hot day or cold day. I hadn't learned how to, um what to take with me and, you know, I did learn very quickly that with hyperthermia with me, it was a big, because I walked one day um, and I found if I stopped for any length of time, I would get like... um cold. Once I'd come back from a walk very early on when I, mean, I think it was up in Carlisle and I, I got there and I was all uh, like bubbled, uh, goose pimples all on me. And I felt that I had got, uh, so I got into bed and tried to warm myself up. And even then I had a job to warm myself up. And I thought I could easily get hypothermia, you know, through getting cold, just stopping for five minutes or 10 minutes. You know, you need to put a coat on or something to keep keep you warm, even for a short time. And so I learned very quickly through that experience that, you know, what you did when you stopped, you know, especially if you're too hot, and things like that, you need to think, you know, put something on just take that, put a coat on just for that time to keep yourself warm till you've got going. Little things like that, which I hadn't really Anticipate.
0: it's very interesting because right at the start you say you learnt a lot about layering and now you can now we're going into that is it layering is we need to put lots of layers on then you, you'll start off you no know, quite cold you'll quickly get warm get those layers off then as you say if you stop for five or ten minutes you need to get those layers back on again very very quickly don't you, you need to keep yourself going
1: well, i think as you get older probably when i was younger perhaps not quite your body can but you know as you say in your 70s you feel the cold a lot more and i think you know you you know, you, you get two people fall into the sea, somebody could be 60, you only know, he needs to be in there three minutes, he's dead. And if you're 20, you're in there for 20 minutes, you're still alive. So, you know, I think as you get older, you you know, as low in your mind, you think you can do this, jump across the ditch or you can't, you know, and uh, I think you've got to get your limitations and realise, you know, your, your limitations, you've got to try and, the cold
0: I suppose so going on to weather was the weather very varied during the walk then was it did you have oh, oh, hot days lucky. cold days by the sounds of it
1: no I didn't have many cold days it's more like um it's been putting on too many clothes John to start with right you know? yeah that was the problem especially when I was in Scotland and um no I had a few wet days you know where I absolutely got drowned um and stuff like that, and um, I found actually using the GPS stuff, especially when it rained, I found that quite difficult because it, you know, it all sort of. So I ended up taking a small umbrella with me, where I used to have the umbrella, and when I got it out, I could sort of fiddle with it, you know, or something like that, you know, because I found once things seems got wet, especially. GPSs and stuff, I found uh, it's very easy to touch the wrong buttons, you know. So, um, walking with an umbrella and a handkerchief, I can picture yeah, it now. that yeah, that yeah. There you know. see.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, the police stopped me three times uh, on the journey. Did,
0: um, did they just randomly stop you, did you, for walking down the road?
1: No, I think it was people phoning up because I said to Christina, it must be a funny sight to see this bloke walking down with a high vis vest with an umbrella. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, you know, I think people might have thought, oh, it's asylum escapee, or, mm-hmm. or you know, some some bloke, not all the ticket, you know. So I think they just had to go out and check. They were very good, you know, when they come there. Yeah, you know, uh, there wasn't no problem with it. One what offered, you know, he pulled up and said, Can I give you a lift off the road? I said, No way you couldn't lift me off the road, mate. I'm walking from Johnny Grace to Lands End. And he was fine, you know. He said, Oh well, be careful I see you've got your eye vision in the fashion and all that. He said, Just be careful, try and keep on the burges, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Were, he didn't give um, you a police
0: escort then, did he not?
1: No, no, it would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> I read this fantastic
0: book once. You know, my, my other passion, people know, is I'm a, a fanatical motorcycle racing fan, or a motorcyclist as well. I was reading, I can't remember some of his autobiography, and, and coming back on the Northwest 200, which is an Irish road race, the police pulled over this, um, this rider in his van for speeding. Um, and, and, and uh, he realised, are you such and such? And he said, yeah, yeah, said, I need to get to the airport for this time. He said, oh, no problem, we'll blue light you there. So the policeman <laughs> jumped in front of the car or the van and blue lighted him to make sure you got there on the time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had no complaints with him, to be honest, no. But uh, I think it's people not knowing the law. Some people, I had I, a couple of people actually drive their car towards me and turn it in the last minute. Mm-hmm. You know, silly people, you know, and... um you know, it's generally speaking, most people would give me, I found, I bought an ex-police high-vis jacket off eBay, where they just covered up and I had my GoPro fix there and be um, flashing lights. And I think once I started to wear that and people come down the road and see it, they thought I was the police. So <laughs> they used to slow down. And uh, so that was a good thing. You know, and and really. that
0: must have been, sometimes you must have had days where you're walking down a road thinking, ah, I shouldn't be walking down this road, or I, I feel unsafe for whatever reason. Was there times like that you kind of thought, oh, this is this is not good oh, for me? absolutely. Mine. I
1: said to Christina, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm reasonably religious, uh, you know, I do believe in God, and I said to her, I feel like I'm dancing with the devil. Mm-hmm. Jesus is holding me hand. And that's, that, that's what I said to her and that's what it felt like because at times I felt, you know, it's very risky. You know, to be honest, you'd have to be a certain person of a certain mentality or a bit, I don't know, I don't know how to put it. It's not, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, you'd have to be a bit like myself. I don't know, I just think just, you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. Go for it. Or don't think about it too much because once you start thinking about it too much you'll start thinking of the negatives and what if and then you won't do it so you've got to be very positive and not just just go for it you know you won't do it that's my opinion yeah.
0: no, I, t- I totally agree i no, i totally agree if you think too much of the bigger picture you do nothing i, I said this earlier on do nothing and and you can't overthink it because you're just You'll know, destroy yourself. My yeah, wife, I couldn't agree more. My 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 wife, uh, she's been on the podcast on so our hundredth podcast. She, uh, she, I, she always humours me because she said on my gravestone she's gonna have my saying, which I always say, "It'll be all right." And she was, "Well, you're yeah, not I'm worried good. about X, Y, and Z." I go, "It'll be all right." And she, goes, yeah. "What? What? I said, all right? That's what? What are you worrying about? <laughs> let's, yeah. let's cross this. But you're know that same thing. If you think of the bigger picture, if you think of the dangers, if you think of what could go wrong." you're never going to do it you know you're going to stop and actually that's what a lot of people do actually if you can go well we'll work through it you know we'll we'll work there are hard days there's going to be easy days there's going to be high points low points you just have to work through that don't you just kind of keep yourself going really mentally and physically as well
1: well before taking on a challenge like this you know that's going to happen don't you You know you're going to have low points i mean i had three or four or five low points where i could have you know, I, I know if I chucked everything in the back of the car, we could have been you know, home indoors in three or four hours, you know, in the warm and everything's hanky dory, you know, anky dory. But, you know, it's, it's, you, I think getting through them times is a bit like giving up smoking or anything. You have to, you know, they're going to happen. You just have to, I don't know, there's something got to be inside you where you've got to get over them, haven't you? Yes, you certainly get, do. You know, it, you know, you said, oh, this blisters hurt and I can't walk around, you? Well, I don't know, you know, it's just, you, you just have to person, oh, I don't know, it's it's just you have to, you know, it's going to happen, but you just have to try and get over it. So you're not going to do it, are you? But,
0: uh... And it is, It is in your case, it is a marathon, not a sprint, and that's the whole thing, which is what you quickly learn by saying, I'm going to have a day off, even though I don't need it, I'm going to shut my mind. Actually, you can go all guns blazing, but actually you quickly learn that, step by step and we eventually get there don't we
1: yeah i mean when i first started from um johnny Grove, so i think the first day i only walked to wicks wick which was 15 point and then the next four days i walked four days 20 miles 21 miles 20 20 miles you know so i sort of came for the 20 mile bit and i found the last three or four miles quite a struggle not struggled but i found it um, harder, shall I put, where I could walk 15, 17 miles and still feel within myself, if you know what I mean, still tired and that. But pushing that extra three or four miles, I think, wasn't helpful. So I decided after a couple of weeks that, you know, I need to listen to my body. And if, if one day I was feeling okay, go for the 20 miles or whatever. And if I didn't, go for the 15, 16 miles, you know, and uh, just listen to myself a little bit. I'm a bit like probably you. You still want to do the 20 miles, don't you? You still want to do the 22 miles. I mean, I walked one day before I went 26 miles. You know, I'd done the marathon walk at home. And it just destroyed me, really. You know, I I wasn't very good for a couple of days afterwards. (laughs) But, uh, so uh, that was when you uh, kind
0: of questioned yeah. everything at that point at twenty six twenty-six mile, I thought I can't do this
1: <laughs> well no and I thought myself, oh, well that's my limit you know so don't try and do that <laughs> you know so I, I learned. you've got to learn like I said to you you've got to listen to your body haven't you? and learn your limitations for your age and we're all built different I'm a lanky six foot one and a half you know I'm not a short stocking sort of sorry, bloke which is probably more suited to the sort of Man, that's sort all of walking. But you know, so I had to do what I
0: thought was right for me. In a way. Right. Two quick questions: Is how much weight did you lose when you were walking? You said you lost some weight in your rowing machine. Did you lose weight when you were walking, or did you put weight uh, on? None at all. You didn't lose any
1: weight. No. Did I you think... put weight on or not? No, I think I. I was thirteen stone three when I started. Yeah. And I was about 13 stone free when I packed up. But I do think that the, the body shape actually changed it all. You know, I think there's a bit more muscle come on my legs. And I, they all tell me muscle weighs more, does it?
0: Mm-hmm. But I, was all the cooked breakfast, I suspect, as well, was it?
1: No, no, I didn't. No, that's one thing I did. I did. I had scrambled egg, but my son done Iron Man. Right. And uh, he's, he's into all that. And he said to me, Dad, you know, just eat a little enough to, he said, don't go for, cause I was going four hours and having a, you know, whatever. And then he said, your body can't uh, get that any back that quick. So he said to me, just don't eat big, big meals, just eat sort of protein. And I used to take protein baths with me. And I used to take at least freely, two liters of water a day with me in my backpack uh so i used to drink quite a lot of
0: water to keep myself hydrated and things like that so, so i'll try go on that kind of moves us on nicely too i was going to say the three things you've learned that you would like to pass on to our listeners three top tips for walking long distance you must have thought this all the time so three things that you and it could be things we've discussed already or it could be new things if you if somebody said i'm going to walk from johnny gross to land's end tell me three things that you learned that our listeners I think would benefit from. So what's number one? Well, look after your feet. Look after your feet. That's most definitely number one. You know,
1: because of your feet and uh, you ain't going to get nowhere. You know?
0: uh, that's it. So I, I, I totally agree with be. you. I totally, that's number one. <laughs> number
1: two? Well, um, I would definitely um, well prior to going I would definitely do some training you know serious training before you you even attempted it to, just to go and try and do it
0: so understand your body understand what you can do as you say walk a little bit too far as you did 26 miles is too fast so understand your own ability and, right. and how to look after your body during that 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 walk as well isn't it that that day yeah work, yeah absolutely yeah
1: and and you're going to have a and it, you're gonna definitely have low points, and you must understand that before you go. Because if you think you're not, well, I, I, you know, a, a challenge such as that, it's not a casual walk over a year. You know, it's a it's a full-on thing, 100 miles a week for you know 900 miles. This you need to uh, know you're gonna have to do that, and think how long you might regret it if you don't get you know uh, when you go back home and think or, you know, if I'd have just persevered that day, and you know, you might live to regret it. So I think, you you know, your mind's, I don't know, it's... it's uh... So number
0: three then, so we've had one look after your feet, know your own ability and your physical and mental fitness before you go. Have we got a third top tip?
1: Top tip, yeah, learn about in your clothes. <laughs> learn about layering clothes. Right? <laughs> and, and, and the right foods to eat, yeah, you yeah. know, it, Learn what you know. It's no good taking a, a, a sausage roll with you. You know, you've got to. At my age, I'm, I'm talking from my own experiences. I don't think you need to know how to lay your clothes and, on, and with the weather and and uh, and, and obviously
0: and stop to put those layers on and take them off as well because oh, you, you yeah. can get quite lazy when you're walking going oh i'm a bit hot i'm all right i'll keep going and then you kind of get there and you're sweating and then you get cold etc or yeah, vice you versa buy- you know i can't be bothered yeah, to get that out of my rucksack i'll just keep going and then suddenly you turn in blue and things not looking very good yeah
1: absolutely you're right john you you know is that you might have to do it three or four times a day if you stop three or four times a day But you do need to do it. You know, I used to in the end I used to just walk seventeen miles without stopping.
0: I was asking my next You walk seventeen miles without you try to walk without stopping through the whole thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did in the end because I I just I just obviously walking in the end, walk whether you walk uphill or downhill doesn't seem to make any difference once you get fit. Providing it's not a real steep hill. You Know so you don't need to sort of walk up a steep hill and have a blow, you sort of just keep going, don't you? But I, I found that the last 200 miles or 300 miles, I didn't just stop, I used to just keep. Do you going just
0: eat it. while you walk? Then did you just carry on eating as you walk, or
1: yeah? I, even, me, I used to get me after say five miles, I'd get a um, glass of um, me pint of water if you like. And I used to drink it or I might stop and drink it and walk along, keep drinking a bit. And then that used to be that Then I'd normally have something like um, scrambled egg in the morning or something like that if I was to B&B. I'd drink a pint of water or as much water as I could. Before I went and I used to buy the little protein bars and I used to take them with me in my pocket. And um, I used to have a pocket full of mixed nuts in one pocket and uh, the odd sweet to suck uh, sugar but um I used to just eat these protein bars uh just every now and again and then at night um there's some tablets you can get which replace the when you sweat replace the um the salt, 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 yeah. yeah yeah you can buy them in most sports shops what I used to fill up a glass of water and put the, one of them little tap things like that you know i found personally yeah you know, i found that i needed to wanted to then to make sure i could carry
0: on that's fantastic good so we, we're now officially the uh, oldest person to walk from the length of britain uh called the guinness book of records I know we, cause this is where we got quite a bit involved in, in it. You, you had to get quite a bit of evidence together, didn't you? They don't just say, yeah. oh yeah, Alan, you look like a legit but kind of I guy.
1: Thank, I must thank GP Training and Andy and yourself for helping me as, uh, as you know, especially Andy, he, I had to get these uh, KML files. I had no idea what they were. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was really, cause I'm not really high tech. I didn't want to touch the wrong button and delete all what I've done and stuff like that, you know, with recordings on the, you know, I bought them on seven hundred from yourselves and your videos were all very helpful. And Andy was, you know, whenever you ring you, Andy or somebody was on the end of the phone, you never had to wait. And I found all that uh, very helpful, Uh, learning how to use it as well, the videos and stuff. So uh, what
0: Andy uh, did, I just had a quick chat with him yesterday, actually, because I said, oh, I'm secretly today. So oh, yeah, so you got all the GPX files. You record this on Montana 700, you got all the GPX files. And then he was actually quite amazing. He managed to join them all together <laughs> into one file, which is a KML, which is, they can overlay that on Google Earth. And he said, I was actually quite impressed, because they're all day-by-day sections. You'd started recording each day and finished recording, then you started there. And then he got them all together and and join them all together into one file which is what you were able to submit to the guinness book of records wasn't it so yeah. uh, so we've got the track well, of exactly where you went so we can see exactly where yeah you... they can
1: see the times you took when you finished and how long how long it took you to do the walk you know so you you know and when you apply to the, you have to apply to do this to the guinness world records before you start and they then give you a, a number if they agree to it that, that you can go for the record then they give you a number and then you they download something specifically to you for your walk and so you get a set of um, rules which um they want you to do and what what it was is to get a, one of the things I said you need to get a professional tracker mm-hmm. you know something which you know won't lose the signal and, uh you need to start at zachs spot when you finished at, uh start and stop at zach's location and they wanted to see it like a continuous track and uh you had to get i used to video gopro where i started and ended and i used to get the goPro and do on me watching it so you know you could see on your solar watch i i had a Garmin Montana uh, Garmin solar watch just a basic one the instinct one was it yeah the instinct yeah the basic one what because I couldn't handle the technology <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> pressing the wrong buttons and getting myself completely in a mess and they're like flinging it in the ditch you know but um once you got used to it I I just learned what I had to do really and I used to video me watching it might say 17 miles uh, five hours 40 or whatever it was in the heart rate and I used to video that and then when the next morning when my wife used to drop me off at the same spot I used to video mm-hmm. where I was and we watched the time I was dying and then I, I you have to get sort of two witnesses a day which you have to show your ID to you have to I had my driving license which right is for the date of birth. And you have to show this and get them to do a witness, which not everybody's too keen on. I was just saying,
0: but that, that's quite a bit of fun in its own right, really. Can you just witness, I am where I am at this point in time? They're going to go, are you a criminal or something? Have you escaped? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, one woman, I walk, I walk, there's a woman in a lay-by and I haven't seen anybody to get a witness. And there's this older woman uh, in a lay-by in a mini. So I come, <laughs> I have been along the motorway looking like... And I sort of went up to a window, she looked up like that, she started the key, and she roared off <laughs> the road. I thought, oh, I'm not going to approach any more women. My wife said to me, no, don't go, don't go ask single women. So I I'd only get, try and get men witnesses up for them. Yeah. I've... And then some of them would say, I said, can you put your phone number down? And one bloke said to me, oh, you might sell it. So I said, sell it? But I said, sell, 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 sell you?" You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Some oh, people won't run into the sort of. I suppose it's a sign
0: of the so- sign of the times, really. That... Do you know? I, I, I deal with people all the time. It's the most people are the most wonderful or the most ridiculous. You know, why? Why? If you walk in the length of Britain, are you really going to gather telephone numbers and sell them? Why, 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 <laughs> Have you not got something more important to do with your life? Oh yeah, I'm going to get. I'm going to. I've got 60 telephone numbers. I'm going to ring up somebody and sell them. Like what? I've walked the length of Britain? I think there's more important things in my life than selling telephone numbers, isn't
1: it? Yeah. I mean, this is it. And I mean, some people you walk up to and you say, "Look, I'm walking from Johnny Crowds and Land's and they say, "I've got no money." So I say, well, I'm oh, sorry. I, I, I think it's for charity, you know. I said, no, no, I don't want your money. I just want, <laughs> to, <laughs> I just want you to I, I actually went in the butcher's shop and he said it to me in the morning. He's just opening, and I, I went in there and I said, uh, I'm all good. He said, I ain't got no money in the till, mate. I said, I don't want your money. I just want you to do this. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was funny, really, but that, that, was, that was the minority. You're not the majority you know it was uh most people i found it really restored me faith in human nature because people offered me apples bottles of drink um where we stayed as people give us free nights two people give us a free night uh lodgings,
0: fantastic
1: things like that and people where they would only get up at eight o'clock normally because i was doing it they get up at seven o'clock you know give me breakfast you know I found I said well I might not do it you know but uh, they seem to be very supportive you know I found there's
0: a lot of nice people in this world yep. you know that's exactly right we joke about the, the the people that are not there's a lot of very very nice people in this world isn't this so, yeah, yeah it's amazing as well as the ones that are less than that <laughs> It's all very, very good. Up. Some fantastic stories. Are you, are you going to write a book or create a blog, or have you thought of what you're going to do? You can't just say, I've done it now, and we're not going to... I don't know. If, you know have you thought of doing, what, what's your next step, really? Or is there a next step?
1: Well, there wasn't one, really. I mean, talking to you was one, but I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been in touch with the papers or nothing like that. I just... the children want... You know, I've got four children. Uh, the oldest is fifty, but they all live away, mostly away from home. Uh but they one, wanted to get in touch with the press when I was going down there, when I was at End, they wanted the press to be there and all that. And I put it I said, no, I don't want that, you know, I just I, I just um I think it was a self people say to me, why didn't you do it for charity? It seems such a thing. But I said to them, you know, it's just point I just felt that was putting more pressure on me. You know and i know i said if you want to give to charity at the end of the day give to your charity you know i'll be quite happy to you know if you want to give 20 quid to your charity and that's fine but i mean um i i i i, I, I don't think i want to write a book i i don't know really i think my I, my thoughts on what i'm going to do next <laughs> are,
0: you, are you someone who can write are you are you someone that would ever sit down and write oh, yeah. puts me I stories mean, well, of
1: paper or not no i can you know I, I can write a i can probably write a good story i can yeah. probably write a good book um with the wise help because <laughs> 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 my spelling's not that good to be honest but you don't you need know, <laughs> you don't
0: need to have spell checkers these days just download it and you'll <laughs> yeah. be okay you oh,
1: I mean, yeah you can even talk it into a you don't need to even uh, but uh you know um my wife done a big spreadsheet you know because she worked in an office and stuff so it was very helpful I've met with us with all this other stuff and um but I don't know I'm just uh you know talking to you it's,
0: just when you say this I'm just going to go a little bit on your spelling and that you say I'm not very good at spelling is I don't know you ever be have you I don't know. Did you did you excel at school or not? Really? Are you are you someone who did well oh, at school? No, I,
1: I, no. I was, I was actually in the top class right. in uh, uh, maths, but my English was never very good. I mean, uh, um, I left school at fifteen, at which you did in them days, and I don't know. My mum, there was five of us. She just wanted to get you out, out to work to get some money coming in. You know, bringing you.
0: You know, and so it's a different time scenario. Do you know why I say this? Is you speaking to you and the stories and everything, is you're very, very similar to what I was and how I ended up doing what I do, which is, do you know what? I was at school, I wasn't the top class, I was, in the, I was halfway down, I was just thick. And the reason I was thick was actually, I've since discovered I was dyslexic. So in yeah, those days right. you would just think. Oh, yeah, so nice this and, and, and a dyslexic, the skills of someone who's got dyslexia is actually now I've learned, is actually you're very good at picturing, you're very good at remembering things, you're very good, but you're awful at spelling. Now I, I, I'm I'm going to say that and again <laughs> I left school when I was 16 and went to, worked on a farm and became a shepherd because actually I was that when my brother was did a PhD at Oxford and went to work for NASA really because actually <laughs> I was d- dyslexic and nobody knew I was. And and now I run a multi million pound business because actually I'm very structured in the way I think. I'm very fundamental. You do A, B, and C uh, to get yeah, to D. We're, so we're those different that's yeah. the different skills that we all have. Yeah, 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 and actually, one of those skills is actually those stories and remembering those stories of of writing them down because actually. Spelling doesn't matter. We have spell checkers. it? I can. I, I sometimes looking. I can't work out to spell that ridiculously short word, but actually suddenly you can Google it. I Google it and work out. What it is. Yes. So uh, yeah. So it's, uh, but, you, well, but it's, your skills is you can remember what you've done and actually you're very. You can picture it. You picture those thoughts, which makes you into a very good author in some ways of of, of doing that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to sort of like
1: um, composition. Them sort of things. I was all right. I mean, my son, the oldest son, he he went to Loughborough, but he he got A's in his um, his uh, further maths and maths, but he had to sit his O level um, English to get into university three times. Then he only got a C. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he was clever enough in everywhere else, and because you have to get a minimum grade to get into a university, he struggled, Mm -hmm. and he still dyslexic today let alone he's done very well in his job you know he, he he works you know he's got one in his up in his company but he still struggles even today he doesn't leave you does it no. it's not something but i think
0: the thing is once you learn that that's a uh... It's it's not a hindrance actually to help. You no, know, you have certain, a lot of great entrepreneurs are dyslexic because that's the way they work. You know, you're very structured the way you're thinking. Even my, my wife says, "How do you remember that?" I go, "Well, I actually remember X, Y, and Z." You know, like she said, well, that's like yeah. thirty years ago, but you can picture. You can picture those great thoughts. And, You've got a lot of photographic
1: mind, have you? You, you know,
0: well, I can, I, I, yeah. I can, I can picture where you were just like when we go through that journey I bet you can pick the start of most days and and those journeys through those days
1: yeah you can it, the, you, you and faces can... do as well yeah I can remember faces quite you know if I've seen somebody I can I could tell sometimes whether people have had an haircut since last time I see him you know things like that I said to Christine yeah said, oh, I say something yeah you had haircut or this, you, there is part of my mind but when I look at somebody I, I could probably tell you what they're dressed in you know so
0: when the yeah. policeman pulls you up you go, I've seen you before <laughs> 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 you stop yeah. me 200 miles up the road all oh, right okay get on yeah, you no, no, that's yeah. right, uh, get off. your umbrella up and off you go <laughs>
1: yeah but I don't really know I, I think um, I don't know I don't really seek publicity you know it's uh, yeah. I suppose I could write a book or. I could start a website, but I don't, I wouldn't know. Yeah, you be honest, it's not my bag, you no. know. It's you'd rather go out walking, I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not my bag. I can't, I'm not a man to sit on a computer. I suppose I would get a lot better at it if I can. I'm not, I can do the basics, you know, mm-hmm. but I, it's not my bag, you know. It's I, I, when I was young that you know the, there wasn't mobile phones and all this stuff. I mean, I can plot a route on a base camp. Things like that, you know, I can put do that sort of thing and load it down to me. Do that, the basic things, you know, if I want to, but most of the time I don't want to. You know, it's not a thing I I want to do. I only do it because
0: you've got to do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's 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 a progression to get where you want to get in the end. Yeah, you
1: have to sort of keep up with the times, don't you? A bit. So it's it's a bit of that rather than. As a say, I want to go out walking today. I don't want to be, you know, I think some of the reason I've done it is I think the younger generation and my own grandchildren, it might inspire them to stop looking at the flat screen and it might inspire them to think that their granddad done something. So they might want to, you know, you know, and it, it, if it inspires somebody of my age, even. I, just, I think
0: it does, and I think that's something that your grandchildren or, and even your children will, will be so proud, and actually it, it might take a little while since the Silicon, but I think in many it's, it's a story, it's a great dinner party story, isn't it, about what my granddad did or something like that, it is, yeah, that. It is that.
1: And I think if older people, inspire older people to, you know, get up and try and even if they only walk two or three miles around the village, or, you know, older people, give it a go, get up and give it a go. I hope you're not
0: encouraging people, Alan, here to go out and beat your record, are you? No, not really.
1: No, give give it, give give it, give it, give it six months. Let me have six months of glory. (laughs) No, I don't mind, you know.
0: You better get writing that book quickly, Alan, you know, (laughs) because.
1: It's only next week. But what I'd say to him, I, I, I read the, uh, also, I think his name is, the person who'd done it before me, and he done it out of a camper van. He, he tried it and he apparently he converted the car to, where he slept in the back and all that. But I think he's a better man than me because <laughs> it's the way he done it, I don't think I could have done it, to be fair. You know, I'd I done it the easy way, if you like. Hey, know,
0: this, right. like, there's no easy way <laughs> no, of doing that. No, there's no easy way. you right. There's no easy way there's
1: definitely no easy. I mean, it is a proper is a proper test uh, but um yeah you know just to walk 20 miles i suppose for somebody of 76 30, 77 is quite a, is a bit of a test but
0: um and is yeah, there uh,
1: is there a, oh i know we discussed
0: what next are you going to write a book or something we joked about that but is it is there? can you top it in a walk wise or do you want to top it or are you happy to rest on those laurels or are we going to walk around the coast of britain island that's no, a big I
1: question. I couldn't, I, I couldn't do that. I'd like to think, I, I couldn't leave my wife that long, to be honest. <laughs> I think you've got to be single or, or you've got to have a, a tolerant, tolerant wife to, to do that. You know, If I suppose if I was single, I, I, I would probably aspire to do something like that. But it's a long journey, isn't it? And I don't know, how long, how long would it take? It, it, uh, it's, take, it's, yeah. it
0: takes a year, not it? It takes a year to do this. So, uh, yeah, you don't, don't think your
1: wife would support
0: you for that long, would you not? <laughs>
1: Well no, she'll never do anything. I mean I've, I've got this is payback time, big time, you know. I'm gonna be having to do what I told I'm told for the next few <laughs> years. <laughs> so I I've been told that reminded that by all my kids and, and uh Christina herself, she's you know I'm not a happy flyer but I think I'm gonna to have to be flying so. uh,
0: you'll behave yourself for the next few few months anyway until you can yeah, think yeah. of the next great next idea and then pitch that well, to in, a, in a light moment
1: I think I still after doing this I think it has given me the impetus to not do this sort of thing a day because it is a proper challenge and I if I'd done it again I wouldn't want to do it the way i did done it you know I'd want to start in the spring and walk off man's dyke and you know keep off the road to highlands ways and all this sort of stuff it may be a bit harder and more challenging in some ways but um I think I'd want to do it the more I walk a few canals and you know yeah different canals and that and, and so you, go,
0: you go for the more leisurely and slower route and taking it in rather than the bit of how Right, the more direct route, that's, that's what you would potentially yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, sure.
1: I think I would have done that if I'd have started in the spring a bit more than I did, because you've got the whole summer in front of you, haven't you, and you're in the lighter nights, but when you're getting into November, finishing November, December, your time, you know, it wasn't getting light till 8, it's getting stuck a bit darker before, you know, you're limited to the time you can walk and things like that. So I think uh, my main aim was just to get it done you know and uh that was it really so i think if i'd have done it the other way around it probably would have took
0: me longer you know bus brain <laughs> so that's been absolutely fantastic i really i really enjoyed that chat it's been fantastic so um so again if you google your name actually and uh, coast to uh go to uh, to, uh, to land's end there's actually some pictures of you as well because uh, i see it's now on the the website the guinness book of records website isn't it
1: yeah if you Um, click on the guinness book of, it's not on the wikipedia no uh, but the guinness book of records uh, if you click on it they'll you can see me and my nieces like because i lived in there they come down and uh there and they're they're my two nieces next uh uh, niece and her husband Mm -hmm. and christina the photo of when i finished it yeah yeah and, so i
0: saw that uh, so people can see what you look like and actually can see uh yeah see that was at the end oh, look, it, to be honest um
1: john a lot of people didn't believe i was 76 and i i thought oh, i'm gonna have to have another look at my birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> they all thought i don't know what there is conception of somebody of these uh 76 should look like perhaps we should all have a little little walking stick <laughs> Also, but people say, oh, you don't look 76, I used to say, well, I am. Yeah. But I, I, you said it, didn't
0: you? I said straight away, the... I, I, I'm absolutely, i absolutely, I've not, it's the first time oh. I've seen you since we've gone to the Zoom call and I went, like, actually, you don't look 76, say, hey, I uh, think I've been pulled a, a fast one here, you know. So...
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, people did say that to me, which was quite nice. I used to feel, oh, well, that's, that's good. I think, oh, they're just being nice to me. Ah, that's fantastic. That's uh, but, brilliant. Um, yeah, so... I
0: think it keeps you young and it all this stuff yeah that's, and, yeah that's been absolutely fantastic so all i can say thank you very much for joining us on this month's gps training point it's been a real honor to speak to you some nice a bit of a, a good a good laugh there at times and uh we've thoroughly enjoyed it and uh yeah and when you when you do do something else you will sure to let us know and then we can um we can let people know in the podcast and well uh, well
1: and um well it, I get your newsletter and I, I always look at your newsletter and this stuff so uh, it's nice to you know um keep in touch with GPS training
0: I appreciate that yeah and, and just it has been a great honor to work with you I know we kind of uh, I spoke to you initially when you were buying the GPS units and and I know you rang up a couple of times and then Andy's helped you a little bit post war oh, well. I couldn't
1: recommend you early, <laughs> early enough John and I mean it I'm not just saying this because of the podcast I never, every time I phoned up, I found you or Andy, especially helpful. And I found all your videos online, especially helpful, because you could go back to them and you could get your unit in front of you and you could practice what you're doing and stop the videos and that, as you're doing it, and you could actually learn through that. So I found, um, you know, I've got speakers, I find, you know, when I rang up, I wasn't waiting on the phone for 10 minutes or so nothing like that. Within a few minutes when I rang up, you know, there was somebody on there and, and I found everybody very helpful and you can only speak as you find. That's what we try and and I would definitely recommend, if you're looking for a unit, I could definitely recommend buying it from GPS training.
0: Wow. We'll finish on that hyper Alan. Just <laughs> 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 so oh, been... no, that's okay. Yeah and yeah, no, i so, oh, thank you so much for joining me it's very much appreciated and uh, yeah and uh, it's been a it's been a great podcast so thanks for joining me on this latest gps training podcast right
1: well, thank
0: you john many thanks for joining me on this special gps training podcast and thank you so much alan for joining me if you'd like to find out more about gps training please do go to our website which is gps .co.uk. Thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to
1: date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation.